How long are you going to be? Are you sending a text message? All right. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Finished? Yep. I'm turning on vibrate so I don't interrupt. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is our podcast for the love of us. that's all about faith and family, about labor and love. I'm your host, Ronnie Brown, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Carrie Brown. And this podcast is about everything that kind of takes place in the ministry and in also in our home and our family. And, uh, of course, last week we talked about some big news as far as Carrie's diagnosis with with cancer, breast cancer. And so, so much has happened in one week. One week ago, we were here uh, talking about the diagnosis, and uh, a lot has happened. Let's put it that way. How far back you want to go? Or well, we can just kind of maybe highlight the week. You know, um, Tuesday. Well, as soon as we knew, mm-hmm. uh, as soon as we knew something about. About your diagnosis, the very next day we were headed out of town. Mm-hmm. Uh, that evening, yeah, after you got off work. Yeah, a um, um, faithful couple of our church, their grandson had passed away. He was severely handicapped all of his life. He died at 18, at the age of 18. And we went down, uh, they asked us to come down and to do the funeral. And so with this diagnosis, you know, we immediately left town, basically, and it's not the greatest circumstances in the world, but uh, it was a chance it was, for us to get away and in I a think car it was ride. Good timing, you yeah. know, I really do. Um, to get away from the hustle and bustle of, you know, motherhood and um, housework. <laughs> it really gave us the opportunity to kind of process it, particularly yeah. when we're in the car on the way down. Yeah, the way I got back. to really talk out a lot of things and. Um, not necessarily fears or anything, but just praising the Lord all the way, all the way to making him back. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. The Lord was really gracious to us in that car ride on the way down, particularly. Yeah. And I remember how uh, we really worshipped Him, and um, more you than me. I think I'm still. I was more than still dealing with a lot of. Uh, of fears, I'm, this whole thing has given you some kind of some kind of bizarre revival. Um, to be honest with you, um, yeah, it's um, it's been really amazing. Um, it's just every day, you know, you wake up with certain thoughts that you fight or. Um, certain things that are just going through your mind, and you know, when you're in diagnosis with some, with um, 
with something like cancer. Um, but he has given me such hope in it that, you know, that can only be explained by, by just amazing grace. I mean, just God's grace. And, um, every, every, for every thought, negative thought, he has given me a promise. Yeah. Yeah. To go, you know, to fight that thought or to fight that fear or, or whatever, you know, and somebody will send me a text message with the same exact mes- uh, verse that the, that the Lord had given me that day. Mm-hmm. You know, that's amazing. That, and for him to even care to, to tell me, give me a promise, much less confirm it by a friend. Randomly sending me the same exact message. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just it's just amazing. It's been a miracle of God in the fact that, by the way, my voice is really bad tonight. I have a face for radio. Now I have a voice for silent pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I just came from the mission tonight, and my voice is horrible. So I know people are are wincing in pain as I speak every word, but. You know, what God did, what God has done in your heart is truly a miracle. He has, he has taken from all, from my vantage point, from what I see on the outside, he has taken something that ought to cause you to sink into, uh, the greatest despair and the greatest anxiety and fear and has flipped it to where it has brought the greatest sense of joy in your life and the greatest sense of God's presence. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just, I, I, you know, you know, oftentimes we talked about when, uh, when I, when I was first called to preach and how that you were, you know, you said, you know, you were jealous at the fact that I was getting, so much from the Lord and he was speaking so much to me. Well, the tables have turned to some degree in the fact that you have experienced this joy and this, uh, this reviving within that, mm-hmm. that I haven't had, you know, and, and you're on the opposite side of the table on mm-hmm. this though. You know, it's, it's the person that's going through the cancer, especially if, you know, they, they're walking as closely as they can with the Lord, you know, and and He is as gracious to them as He is me. I don't I don't understand His grace. I don't know why He chooses to speak so personally to me, but yet, um, you know, the person going through the cancer, oftentimes, um, the Lord strengthens them with a strength that you know is unspeakable. But the person on the other side looking at the person they love is, you know, God gives them a heart for that person to pray for them. You know, he breaks their heart. Mm-hmm. You know, he allows them to feel the pain so that they can pray for that person um, and be that support that that person needs, you know. Um, I don't I hate that people have hurt. You know, because of the cancer, I don't want any um, anybody to hurt because of my cancer. But yet I know that God 
deals with hearts in a way, you know, it touches our emotions. So we can pray for other people. You know, we have that heart for other people. And I just thank, thank the Lord for every person that he has put in my life that has come along and encouraged me and said they're thinking about me, praying for me. You know, that's the greatest thing you could do for anyone, you know, is, is to love. It's not, not the food, not cards, not, you know, whatever. It, prayer, that's the greatest thing that you can do for anybody going through cancer. And I'm just very thankful, thankful for the people that God has placed in my life. And we have seen such an outpour of love and support. You, you know, Carrie, you've, you've always kind of struggled with friendships and, and, you know, you've always felt I don't have that many friends and I don't, I'm not that close. Uh, I don't think you can say that now. There has been such a outpour of love and, and support for you that, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really, I'm really thankful for everyone, whether it's from the church or from your, you know, from your Facebook friends, people that have called, people that have texted, people that have sent cards, people that have, you know, even listening to this podcast, so many people have listened to that first episode. I, I was kind of blown away, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. by it. And, uh, but there has been such a support mm-hmm. uh, for you. I think it's, I think uh, the response to the Facebook is, you know, uh, I'm not Facebook. The, the response to the podcast um, is because you know through this I want to be real. You know, um, I want God to use this that's happening in my life to reach other people. You know, to give somebody hope that may not have hope. Yeah. You know, to encourage someone that um, needs encouragement. Somebody that's depressed, I can promise you that if cancer can bring me joy, that God will bring you out of your depression. Amen. And he will use that's whatever good. it takes if you yeah. just let him. Yeah. And um I can just remember um you know this there's been a couple of little um things I'd like to share with everyone. Um you know, from the very beginning of this, the Lord has um, kept in my mind um, the verse where it talks about taking every thought captive and make it obedient unto Christ. So every fear that I've had, um, you know, I've I've had a truth, you know, to to fight against that the thought, you know, yeah, and. You know, I think that's the only thing that's been keeping me from crumbling is because I do have his promises. And he has been so faithful to give me those promises to lean on. And um, I can remember being so tired after coming back from that funeral and um, on that Wednesday night and Kaylin coming in, you know, and wouldn't even, I mean, I came into Kayla and she wouldn't have anything yeah. to do with me. And that was completely unexpected. Yeah. Um, we get home Wednesday night from that and with every expectation that, you know, Kayla's going to run to you and mommy, mommy. And that did not happen. And, uh, she kind of clung to the babysitter and it was, it was traumatic. I mean, it really, it really, 
threw you for a loop. You were, uh, yeah. you know, because, oh, I remember what it was. She was crying. We were trying to put her to bed. She would, could not be consoled. She was crying. We were both down beside her on her little toddler bed. She's crying and crying and crying. And all of a sudden, you burst into tears. And you became became emotional. I said, this is it. Let, let me just get her. We'll go in the TV and just in the, in the living room and just calm down. We'll watch a little TV, just chill for a minute, let mm-hmm. her calm down. Mm-hmm. And turn out to be, yay, I got one right one time. <laughs> we went in there, got on the couch, got a little chip, you know, a couple chips, and we're just sitting there, and, and she calms down, mm-hmm. you know, because it was a big you know, it was late at night. She was tired. There was a lot of change. There was a lot, you know, going on. Yeah, it was past her bedtime. And <clears throat> it didn't give her the, the chance just to calm down. And uh, so she's sitting there watching. All of a sudden, you're not in the you're not in the dining room, or you're not in you're not in there with us. And you've been gone for a while. So I get up and I start looking all over the house, and I can't find you. And then I finally realize you're at the dining room table, and kind of bent over on the table and you're crying yeah and i did my ugly cry that was the first ugly yeah, cry that, that we was had my first ugly cry the the other cries have been in sheer praise yeah you know sheer sheer joy-filled tears what was it but i can promise you that was an ugly cry what well, i mean what um, was it what it was um like i said i didn't take the thought captive yeah. I let Satan get a thought in my head and um it went wild for a few yeah. minutes just for a few minutes enough to get me get the ugly cry started. But as Kaylin was, you know, I was rocking Kaylin and she wasn't being consoled. Um you know, the enemy came to me and says, "Yeah, that's what she's going to be like after you're dead and gone." you know, with his cancer, that you're not going to be able to console her and that um, she's going to be crying for you all the time. This is this is the way it is. And this is the way you're going to end up leaving her. And um, so, I, you know, I, I toyed with that thought, you know, for for a minute. And it, you know, it really got me upset, you know. Mm-hmm. And so there I go saying, you know, again. Mm. Anyway. So I'm going down the hall and, um, you know, Kaylin, she wasn't an accident, you know, a 21 year old, you know, a 14 year old, well at the time, I guess 18, 12 and eight or something, somewhere along that line. Anyway, so she wasn't an accident. She was actually, um, an obedient, uh, act, you know, where God had said, um, this is what I want you to have another kid. Yeah. I want you to have another kid. I mean, and I won't go into all that, but through a series of event of events. Yeah. You, yeah. You're going to, you need to have another child. So as I'm walking down the hall, I'm just, I'm saying, God, you told me to have her, you know, I'm, I was, I was obedient to what you said and what I felt in my heart. That you would have me do. Why in the world would you make me have her just to take me from her and have her live a life without her mother at such a young age? And then thinking about all my other kids. Well, they're not going to have a mother either. Yeah. 
And then the thought went, the thought came across my mind where over two weeks ago, during the Depression, I had said to you that my children would just be better off without me. I didn't know how to deal with it. I, 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 honestly, I had no way to process that. I yeah. didn't know what to do. Yeah, that's so horrible. But that's what depression does, you know. It it, it just makes you feel um, hopeless and worthless and just uh, yuck, you know. And so he remind, the Lord reminded me of what I had said. Mm. And I said, Lord, I repent of that. I am so sorry that I ever thought that you know and that i ever said that out loud so god please forgive me for saying that please do not take me from my children please allow me to watch them grow up to watch them get married to have more grandchildren you know mm-hmm. i started begging him you know from the core of my being god let me live yeah and um the thought you know, the thought of not being able to be here for my children when they need me, you know, if they get a boo-boo and need mommy to hold them or they're crying and need mommy to console them, you know, I want to be there. I want to be in those moments. And um, the most beautiful reminder came to me during that where the Lord told me that. I sent my only begotten son, whom I have perfect fellowship with in heaven. I sent him to earth for you. We couldn't, we couldn't touch each other. We couldn't, you know, Jesus had his prayer life to the father, but as far as that physical, they were separated. They were separated. Yeah. And even more so on that three hours on the cross mm-hmm. where the father turned his back towards the ugliness of our sin that was placed on his son. Yeah. And I could just imagine the heartache. That was just a thought that I was having, the thought that I couldn't get to my child. Mm-hmm. You know, the thought that my child wouldn't be able to get to me. Just the thought of that sent me in you know, into the ugly cry. So I could just imagine what the heart of God felt when he had to turn his back on his precious, precious son for those three hours while he hung naked on the cross for our Mm. sins. Mm. And Jesus was forsaken of God because of our sin in Mm. those moments. And I, it just made me feel what their hearts must have felt like. And I just started worshiping him. I just started praising him. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. In my heart, I'm just praising him, you know, that he did that. He came to do that for me. And that's simply the gospel. And that's the gospel. And it's so, uh, you know, the gospel is just not for somebody to get saved by. It's something that tends to our wounds, continues to mm-hmm. tend to our wounds, to our hurts. Yes. And uh, mm-hmm. that's... He's, and he was just telling me, I'm acquainted with your grief. Mm. You know, I know how you're feeling. Yeah. But it's just a feeling. It hadn't happened. <laughs> you ain't dead yet. That's right. <laughs> and um, so I just started saying, I mean, yet, like, not like yet, like it's a... Okay, stop. Put the shovel down. 
stop digging. Okay. So what I um, so what I said, okay, Lord, all right. You told me that this cancer is not about whether I retain earthly life, but it's about other people receiving eternal life. Okay, and I remember saying, okay, Lord, I need a little bit more, a little bit more, because that's not really saying, because I asked him, am I going to die? And so that wasn't really a definite answer. And so that night after the ugly cry, I said, okay, Lord, I want to know, for sh- I want to know if I am going to die. And um, I've been doing this little devotion, and it's been... um so precious and so timely and what's the funny thing is no the god thing is i had read um the wrong devotion on the wrong day and so when i went back to read the devotion i was like oh, i already read that one and so i skipped back a day and i was like oh yeah i, I read the wrong one and so after i had asked him that evening god i need to know if i'm gonna die here's the verse he gave me It says, for I have no pleasure in the death of him that dieth, saith the Lord God. Wherefore, turn yourselves and live ye. And (laughs) I about shouted in the bed and I'm crying and I'm praising the Lord. And I'm like, Ronnie, you got to read this. You really need to know what the Lord just told me. It is so precious. It is so precious. It is so precious. What time was it when this went on? I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't. It's that's irrelevant. Yes, you were asleep, but that's beside the point. <laughs> I actually said, I actually was like, I don't care right now. I said, do you not get it? And I was like, no, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> I want to go to sleep. <laughs> so, I was so unspiritual at that moment. But it was just precious to My me. My pastor hat was a long ways away. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, your tie was definitely loosened at that moment. Oh, yeah, you don't wear a tie when you preach half the time. What am I saying? But anyway, but yeah, wherefore, turn yourselves and live ye. You know, I have that that word, turn yourself, means to repent, means to change direction. Change your mind. Change my mind, change my attitude, change my thoughts, okay? And God reminded me of how earlier that night that I had repented of ever saying that my kids would be better off without me. I had repented of that. Yeah. You know, I have repented of my pride. I have repented of, you know, the depression, which I know is chemical, a lot of it, but then a lot of it is just the enemy and me allowing him to get that foothold and not fighting the good fight. And so it was just so precious that he would give me those words at that time and allow me to have mixed up my daily devotions to give me that word for that hour. God said that 
uh, she doesn't need this then. She needs it this time. And so I'm just going to switch it up and she's going to read the wrong one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the funny thing is the one that I needed on the Tuesday night when we were down down in Macon. It was right on, too. It was right on, too, but it was the next day stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> because I had just been thinking that, you know, I am I am such a child when it comes to my, my faith. You know, it's been 21 years, yet I, see, I feel like four, you mm-hmm. know. And, and he just kind of spoke to me that night about, you know, you're mature. You get the strong, you know, you get the, the strong meat of the word. And, um, and, 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 you know, you, you think, you think to yourself, I haven't grown. I know so little in the 21 years that I've been saved and whatever. And then, but if you would have gone through this 15 years ago, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's no doubt it would have crushed you. Oh yeah. You know, it would have be, it would be a different story. It would be, it would definitely be, be a different story. Yeah. And, um, you know, I have been really praying for over, I guess, a year. You know, really struggle with the whole anger and, you know, just bitterness and unforgiveness, you know, and just the unkindness, you know. And a lot of people wouldn't perceive that about me, but the people that know me most know that you know and it's not like i go around screaming and yelling but yet the fruit of the spirit is not necessarily evident right. you know and so i have been asking the lord to um to change me the very core of my being um everything that isn't a portrayal of christ you know i don't i don't want anything to do with it and um Although I know there's going to be times that I'm human. It's not, you know, we're all human. We're not going to live perfect. That's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus died. You know, we're not going to be perfect. We are human. And, um, but in our humanity, we still can, um, live out the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. And so in the verse that, that he gave me, um, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them that are exercised thereby. So, you know, this chastening, not necessarily I'm in trouble for my sin, but God knows where I want to be spiritually. God knows how miserable I have been where I was. And... um he knew exactly what it was going to take that that chastening hand that scooted me on down the road, you know, to get me out of the place that I shouldn't be. Okay, so I'm standing in the middle of the road and I'm about to get ran over, you know, because the depression was taking me down a down a road where really dark self destruction, yeah. self destruction. And so I'm standing in the middle of the road, and God's not going to let me stand there in the middle of that road to get hit by that transfer truck that's coming along, you know to to put that bullet in my head that I have thought about doing. He's not going to let me do that. He loves me enough to spank my honey and get me out of that road. And it just so happened to take cancer to do that. Yeah. 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 He's a good God. Yeah, he is. He's a good God. So after the scene with Kaylin, then Thursday and Friday, Kaylin is miserable because of 
her bathroom problems that she has. Yeah. And, uh, as the doctor so eloquently put, she's a poop hoarder. Poop hoarder. Poop hoarder. I didn't know there was such a term. <laughs> but uh, it got so bad that she was basically impacted with mm-hmm. stool. Mm-hmm. And Saturday morning started mm-hmm. vomiting. And so now the concern is hard to take. I mean, she's, she the, the pediatrician uh, talked to us about trying to do it at home and getting everything moving at home. Mm-hmm. But then she started getting sick Saturday. We finally spent most of the day Saturday in the emergency room with her. Mm-hmm. There were high tensions on Friday, too, and and just dealing with... with um, well, I can I remember Friday being just kind of just full of tension, yeah. you know, just even between us. Yeah. Like there's this little boiling point and it's just something, something petty that sent us into a spat. I mean, I don't even remember exactly what it was about, but I don't know. Something oh, very uh, lame. I turned the radio on and listened to CD and <sighs> Aerosmith was on the radio. I said, I need to listen to some praise music. That's what it was. I said, I need to really listen to some praise music right now. And so I turned the radio on, and there's Aerosmith. And you said, oh, or Aerosmith. And then, you know, I went to turn to CD, but then I said, no, you need to know, I don't listen to Aerosmith, you know. I don't listen to rock music, like, when I'm not without you. And that was kind of the forceful point that I wanted to it was a it was a really bad misunderstanding of what you said and how I reacted wrong. Yeah, Mister, yeah. I want to hear the news at the top of the hour. It was the news, and I I turned it back. This is news, and then he started to say something about uh, Mitt Romney, and I want I want to mm-hmm. hear this because mm-hmm. I don't know if he's running for president or not, or what. You know, we going to have a Mormon president, and so you know, um. You didn't like that. So, yeah, I. we just got angry with each other. We got ill at each other. Yeah. Friday night was not good. Yeah, and I cried because I, I just can't deal with the little petty stuff. I mean, I don't. it's just the little petty stuff that I, I just, I'm having a hard time with. You know, and the, yeah. And the mm-hmm. petty stuff that emanates from me. Well, you're not dealing with it. You're not dealing with your stuff, and it's coming out in because you're so patient with me. You've had to be. We've been together for 16 years. You've had to be patient to live with me, and so you haven't dealt with my whole cancer thing. Well, I think you're better now today and Sunday, but at the, that point, I think you were just really at the hospital internalizing everything it's like you were just fixing to bust like just burst yeah and so i was frantic at the hospital with caitlin mm -hmm, i feel like i've got mm -hmm. the shakes all the time you know Mm -hmm. uh i was i was really having some problems yeah and i started praying you know praying for you that you would let it go before the lord and that you would get some peace you know and yeah i i just left the house on Sunday after church and didn't even tell you bye because I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go down here and I'm going to pray for him and pray for us and, you know, get a hold of the Lord for, you know, 
what we and what I need him for in this in this moment. And uh you Lord, know, I just had Sunday. to do that. The Lord know. helped me Sunday. I the Lord really helped me Sunday. Because yeah. I needed to know. Oh, that he was, was Saturday there. night. Yeah, the Saturday night I went to the Saturday night I went to the grocery store without telling you. But oh, you left. I did. You left. I'm like yeah. looking everywhere for you, and you're yeah. gone. I'm like I'm not even talking to you. I'm just going to the store. Oh, when I saw the car missing, I was like, Oh my word, what have I done again? I wasn't I having this again, and I wasn't having like one of those bowling raging, you know, I'm leaving kind of crazy moments. It was just like. You know what? I'm not even going to talk to him because if I say I'm going to the store, you're gonna. It's just going to end up escalating, and I'm just like. Everyone listening to this podcast is in shock right now because uh, we are not the couple that we, the perfectly harmonious couple that we oh, seem to be. No, 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 and I wouldn't try to get anybody to believe otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> So Sunday, let's leave Saturday is a bad memory. Sunday. Yeah, Kaylin's feeling better though. She is she such a doll. She, she is giggling all happy. day and just loud. Yeah. And, and so we've got to keep her in diarrhea for like six weeks now. Yeah, that's fun. So that's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to be puking from chemo and she's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be puking from changing her. <laughs> uh, but, um. She's doing better. Sunday was a magnificent day. We had an awesome day. Uh, good turnout at church. God's presence was in the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the whole message about the resurrected Christ and him being there mm-hmm. with them. He has not left them. Mm-hmm. He has proven his, he's proven himself with mm-hmm. his hands and his feet and the broiled fish and He's gone out of his way to prove himself, and he uh, he's done that for mm-hmm. us. It was just a parallel mm-hmm. to what we're going through. Don't get me shouting. Yeah, it was that a- morning I woke up. I told you what the enemy was telling me. He's like, "Yeah, just the last few days where the Lord has been so real to you. He's gonna be gone. He's gonna be gone, and you ain't gonna hear from him. He's gonna leave you right in the middle of your mess." And I was just like, "Uh." You know, I almost believed it for a minute, you know. And then Jesus shows up in the midst, saying, peace be still. Peace yes. Be, uh, peace unto you. That's and right. peace look peace. at my hands. Look yep. at my hands. Look at my feet. Yep. Got any fish? I low I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. <laughs> yes. So yep. we found security Sunday morning. We anointed you with oil. And I felt such a sense of togetherness in our church mm-hmm. uh, that I hadn't felt in a long time. We anointed you with oil and prayed over you. Yeah. So many people uh, just really praying for you, and our church really came together. Sunday yeah. night, got to baptize a young boy. About what, How old is Caleb? Eight or nine? Hey, yeah, about eight or nine, maybe ten, nine or ten. Caleb maybe. got baptized, know, sure. and then right after that, got to lead another teenager to the Lord, uh, who met me after the service on so Sunday. I'm I'm walking on cloud nine, man. Right. And if the Seahawks would have won the Super Bowl, man, it would just been <laughs> one more of a day. But that was great. Happen. That was so great. And that brings us to today. Yeah. And uh, are you on Facebook? No, I'm trying to find that verse. <laughs> My friend sent me, like, Sunday. I thought you was, were checking your Facebook. No, I'm sorry. Anyway, I don't know. 
Anyway, so the theme has been what people have been sending me lately. Oh, I don't know where it is. Um, people have been sending me the past few days since, um, you know, I haven't had that, um, I haven't had those exact moments where, okay, I'm thinking this thought and he gives me this verse kind of thing necessarily, um, the past few days, but yet, um, people have, you know, sent me truth Mm -hmm. that, um, have really helped me. Um, they knew I was going to the doctor. They knew that I might, you know, have some fear, some anxieties or whatever. So that was today. We had um, the, we had the first meeting oh, with yeah. the, yeah, we, we had the first meeting with the, uh, un- surgeon, uh, onco- surgeon. She's the surgeon, but she's an oncologist. She subspecializes yeah. in oncology. So yeah, she's the surgeon that's actually going to, not to be and confused today, for the medical oncologist. You know, you get peace. Early on today, uh, I got I got a lot of peace from the doctor's visit mm-hmm. um, because I got a lot more explanation, right, and a lot more confidence. Because right. the problem the problem with last Monday was you've got cancer, it's aggressive, and it spread. Mm-hmm. To me, that is the. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's right. the death sentence. Oh my right. word! What what is going to happen to mm-hmm. my wife? What is going to happen to our family? What what is going to happen, you know, to this world that we've lived in mm-hmm. uh, for all these years? And but today we go see the oncologist, and a lot of explaining happened, and uh, you know, a lot of the technical things that make me comfortable of with dealing with it with understanding it yeah, more right and and uh of course i guess the bottom line i mean i don't know how much you want to go into what the doctor said today and 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 what what's going to happen in the future i don't know that i should say this in people's ears and yeah if it's wrong y'all just have to forgive me but this is just my sense of humor you're looking at me and shaking you're your head. Not, no, you're not. Please let me say it. Let me say it. Can I say it? I guess. So my whole theme today has been why save the tatas when you can get brand new tatas. <laughs> <laughs> and that is my sense. And that humor. concludes our podcast for today. <laughs> That's just my sense of humor. That's just, you know, God gives people different things to get through things, and you know that that's just what He's giving it's me. Kinda giving like, me it's kind of like when Kaylin was born. T-shirt worthy phrase, you know. I mean, everybody's going around saying "Save the Tatas." You know, it's like it. You know, it's like when Kaylin was born. You know, I I would tell people, you know. uh God gives you what you need, and sometimes He gives you what you want. You know, we got a girl, and right, right. well, God gives you what you need. And sometimes He gives you what you want. Carrie. Well, you know, I talked to him about everything, so I really have asked him. 
you know, for some little extra fundage for some plastic surgery. So, you know, I don't know who's going to use cancer to get it done with, but hey, if that's what it takes. This conversation went way down. I'm sorry, but I think it's great because people need real. People need funny. They basically told us, they basically told us that with your genetic background, your best decision, well, let's say if you do a lumpectomy, that would be just to remove the cancer, then your prognosis for for a reoccurrence is 20%. Mm -hmm. If you do a bilateral mastectomy, that's both, then your prognosis for reoccurrence comes down to about 1%. Right. And so... Yeah, that, and, that, that's basically yeah, the bottom line. Right. And also, and it's the, not like, you know, there's not much of a choice. Right. I mean, right. really. And if the genetic comes back where I do have a BRCA gene mutation, then they'll have to take my ovaries out too. Yeah, there'll they'll yeah. be an ovarian, yeah. uh, the threat of ovarian cancer, yeah. which is not as easily detectable as breast cancer. And then we're going to really need some serious grace because that's yeah. just like forced into you know menopause which is yeah. normally a gradual process right it's like a sudden so, yeah a sudden but there'll be grace for that too but you know they, so. they talked about you know with your age and how much how much longer of life that you have that this was to be the best approach to take and of course the reconstruction will go along with that and uh and you know but my big thing was when they're going to examine you know that's the thing the doctor um, I don't know. The surgical doctor is going to remove that. She was going to do an examination. She did that examination, and my biggest fear was my biggest fear is the spread mm-hmm. of it. That's the thing. Everybody's and uh, she did the exam with ultrasound, and I felt very relieved when she come back and says, "Hey, everything looks normal." Because they told us earlier that any kind of breast cancer, any spread of breast cancer, goes through. The lymph nodes, they're like the first First. gate of spread. And if those lymph nodes Mm -hmm. are, you know, have any cancer in them or are, I guess, of odd size, something would indicate they could see that. Then you know you're suspect of have gone to your lungs, your liver, Mm -hmm. um, and and other parts or whatever. So, but when she said, your bones, when she said that they look fine, I I breathe a sigh of relief. And I know it ain't over with. Right. And, and, and we have to do an MRI on Thursday, an yeah, appointment. That's the next. Uh, 9.30 Thursday. I will go get an MRI. That will, if there's any microscopic yeah. um, cancers in the lymphatic system, then it they should show up there. But even if there is some and that doesn't show up there, she is going to biopsy those At least lymph one of nodes the on the first ones, level. On the first level, the ones mm-hmm. nearest the cancer. The sentinel nodes. Yeah, and the sentinel nodes. If it's in that, if it's in those, then I'll just get all that fat pack is what she calls it, a little fat pack of lymph nodes. I think it's 16 or something lymph nodes. They would just take those completely out. Um so we're just praying that it, you know, there's no cancer cells yeah. in the lymph system. Yes. You know, we, we just, don't want that. that's what we're just praying for. So it, it would keep me from having to have radiation also. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. I don't know why radiation just creeps me out, the thought of it. I don't know, but, um, I mean, I just really don't want radiation and I don't, I don't know why. And so the treatment, uh, that we've got laid out in front of us is surgery, chemo for Two months or three? Three, months? three to four. Three to four months. Mm-hmm. 
Reconstruction. Um, it's surgery. Heal for a month. Yeah. Chemo for three to four months. Yeah. Heal for a month, and then surgery again. Yeah. And then, you'll, the and then there's a, there's a chemo that you have to take like every three weeks for a year, yes. something like that. But it doesn't make your hair fall out. It doesn't make you really sick. All it's right. just it's the it's the I called it the easy going chemo. Yeah, uh, and it just depends on how my fish test comes back. It's a test that determines the receptors yeah, and all yeah. that scientific jazz of whether you can take that or not. whether I take that or not. But so. either way, you've got a, you've got chemo for three. Three to four months. Mm-hmm. Surgery, chemo. Another recovery. thing that really, and I just thought about it over at mom's um, earlier. Um, did she say something about a, a clinical trial or something? I'm not thinking I'm wanting to do clinical trial. I want something that's tried and true, you know, that has been proven to work. I don't did know. you recall that? Did you pick up on that? I think it was for that easygoing chemo. She said that Brooke Daniel had a. I think suggested it was about the maybe easy going, the okay. easygoing chemo. I need to remind me to get that yeah. clarified the next time I talk yeah. to them, or even call them tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, no, I can ask Doctor Daniel when I see her. Yeah. So, but um, but yeah, I mean. That's kind of where we're at, and yeah. So you got a you got a MRI coming up Thursday, Thursday, mm-hmm. and then maybe the meet meet with other doctors. We got several doctors, a whole team of people. Yeah, they're still waiting on the. Today I did some genetic testing. You know, sent my uh, sample, left my samples. They sent them off. It could be up to two week turnaround on those um, results. And so we're just really waiting on those to see if I'm going to have to have the um, the extra surgery, yeah. you know, to have my ovaries removed. And they're going to they're going to do it all at once. Like they're not going to make me go in and have the mastectomy and then go in two two weeks later to have my ovarian ovaries removed. Yeah, they're going to do it all at once. Yeah. And so we have to get all these doctors in place and all their. Schedules lined up, you know, line up the planets. And, yeah. uh, see, that helped me a lot today, too. That other dollar, Dr. Jesse. Yeah, she's the physician's assistant. She she's said, awesome. She's you know, great. my problem was, oh my word, the clock is ticking. Every day we wait, every hour we wait, yeah. my wife gets closer to death. What are we doing right now? Right, we, right. And she, you know, explained to me that yeah. this is not a necessarily a race against the clock mm-hmm. and that a week or two weeks is not going to make that kind of difference because, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't want to wait two weeks for the DNA testing. I don't want to wait a week for this. I want you to start something tomorrow and have surgery Friday right, and, right, you know, right. chemo next Monday. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, I want I it to because I, because I want it quickly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she really helped me. It's, mm-hmm. it's not a race against the clock. Mm-hmm. And just a couple of weeks is not going to it's not going to matter mm-hmm. in the, in the long run make sure we get everything together and get it all taken care of at one time so that really helped mm-hmm. me a lot really yeah, helped me a she lot was, she was really yeah. great um so went back to work you went to your mom's i took a nap you got a nap well i went into my old room back where when i used to when i was at home that that room I stayed in. And she lives on a corner of a busy road. And I'm thinking, how did I ever sleep? And I can remember the time we actually moved there from out 
and you know up in Saudi Daisy it was real pretty quiet up there and I can remember the first night trying to sleep in that house it's so loud with those cars going by all oh, those cars yeah so I didn't get it like a really great night like I I would have here in this brick house in this dark room with no windows but um I did it was a, it was a good 45 minutes and so that felt really good I've just been sleepy you mm-hmm. know oh no just real sleepy I guess it's just my body copes with things like that. Just yeah. go to sleep and it'll be okay. <laughs> well, tonight was my night at the mission and, uh, I was rushed. I, I stayed at work to 530 so I could almost have eight hours and all the work that I, the time I was at work. And, but I rushed home, got dressed, got, you know, my music together, which I like taking the boom box and having the piano player. I love that. I dig it. Um, Grab something at the last minute as far as a message goes. I was really, while I was driving down the road, I was really uh, concerned of whether I'd, I'd gotten the right thing. But God just verified that I was a great service at the mission, and I won't go into all that. But it was a it was a good service. We didn't see anyone come to know the Lord, but the, God was glorified. And there was a lot of gospel, mm-hmm. and you got out. some encouragement that you needed towards my breast cancer. I guess some people just don't even know how to talk about it being guys or whatever. Yeah. Y'all just kind of like tabby. I'll be praying. Yeah, somewhere along the wow. message, I can't remember how it came up, but uh, um, I told them about your breast cancer, and uh, they. Um, after the service, I'd talked with a fellow for a while, and I started to leave, and one guy, uh, Calvin, come up to me, and I'd been talking to him weeks before, and I'd seen Calvin, I think, for years, back and forth in the mission, and he come up to me, and he, he said, don't quit what you're doing. Every time you're here, you help me. Yeah. And uh, he went to an illustration I was giving in my message or whatever, and he said, you know, he just talked to it, really, really spoke to him. And then another one walked up and he said, yeah, Brother Ronnie, we, we love you, and and uh, we're praying for your wife. We're going to be praying. And he, Cal, yeah, we're going to be praying for your wife. And then I got out in the hall. Another fellow met me, and he said, yeah, Ronnie, we're going to, we're praying for your wife. And, buddy, we got your back. We got your back. And I... Uh, that, that, that made me feel so good. Yeah. Uh, you know, these men that I have, I have given so much of my life to over these years and going to the mission and I love it. I love it, uh, with so much. And, you know, when I first was called to preach and God put me in the mission, I almost detested it. But after a while, those faces and that haggard face and that worn look, mm-hmm found a way into my heart and mm-hmm. they still do and to hear them the guys in the program at the Channing Rescue Mission really reach out and say man we're praying for you we got your back we're going to be praying for your mm-hmm. wife and your family mm-hmm. that meant so much to yeah. me so They're much to me it was a blessing to be yeah, there because you think when you think rescue mission you think that everybody's there drunk off their gourd and or stoned out of their mind yeah. and they're not paying attention or whatever but the message is getting out, yeah. you know, you're getting the word out and God said it, his word will not return unto him void. Yeah. So it's going to, it's getting. Nowadays. And there are guys, you know, there are guys in the program down there putting their, putting their life, you know, their lives together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've had a hard road. They've made some mm-hmm. mistakes. 
oftentimes that the case, just just general adversities put somebody there, and yeah. the program really gives them a chance to put their life together and get a job, have a place to eat, yeah. to be able to get back in life and right. regain a sense of a sense of you know self reliance and being able to get out there and have a job things we take for granted yeah yeah you know right. and the confidence to do that the, the 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 advantages of being in a protected world to defeat addiction mm-hmm. and to have yeah. accountability and to yeah. have a place of protection to give life another chance mm-hmm. and and through the gospel yeah. you know that reaches into these guys lives i, I love the Chenny rescue mission and uh and I, I believe in what they've been doing and what they do. And uh, I know God's doing great things mm-hmm. down there. Mm-hmm. He is. I'm hungry. You want some chicken pot pie? I want some chicken pot pie. Okay. Let's call this a, let's call this an episode. Okay. All right. I tell you what, since we're being more purposeful in this podcast, uh, what I want to do is uh, tell everyone here and everyone listening that God loves them and God sent his son to die for them on the cross. He paid the ultimate price for their sin. And he is willing to forgive. Like that guy I told the mission, having such a hard time with forgiveness, Jesus paid it all. And he is willing to forgive all that will come to him repenting and believing mm-hmm. for saving the life of sin and self and coming and trusting Christ. Mm-hmm. And I hope everybody that listens to this podcast, they would do that. Right. They would do that. They would find that sense of joy that you have, that you've mm-hmm. discovered. That abundant life. Mm-hmm. Jesus said that I come that, may, that they may have life and have it more abundant. And um, that life is available for everyone that will take his promises and live by them. Yeah. And um, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Jesus shed his precious blood on that cross, forsaken of the Father for three hours, for our sin. The perfect spotless Lamb of God that was sent to take away the sins of the world, bled and died on our behalf. The Lord laid on him. The iniquity of us all. He he was buried and rose again on the third day. Mm-hmm. And he lives, ever lives. To make and he's so alive in me right now. <laughs> I just hope it just rubs off on everybody else, you know. Well, I hope so. everyone listening comes to that saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Okay. Dear Lord, God, thank you for my wife. Thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and families. God, for protect me from pettiness. And, and God, I pray that you would help me to be an encourager that I should be to my wife. God, I pray you'd touch her, strengthen her, strengthen our family. And Father, I pray you would bless hearts that listen to this and that follow on our journey through, uh, through this cancer, through this ministry, through what God's doing in our home and our family and our children. And God, they'd see a sense of, of who you are and what you can do and your power and your, and your worthiness of devoting our lives to you. God bless this podcast in Jesus name. Amen and amen. We'll see you next week.